Good morning. This is Aisha with Black Girl from Eugene, Facebook Live, as well as simulcasting for KEPW.org. We start that again, www.kepw.org, Eugene's local radio station. I am live here waiting for my special guest, Julianne, to join me. And we will get started as soon as we can, but before she gets in, I'm going to do my announcements so people who are watching, yay, uh, can fast forward if you don't choose to hear the announcements. Um, right now, the first announcement is um, Happy Hanukkah to everyone who celebrates. Welcome, Julianne. Hey. Hey. I'm so tired right now, but I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm excited. How are you? Good. <laughs> Look, you you went heavy. I, I need to get with where you are because I'm only I'm only equipped with a kombucha. I don't know if it's gonna work out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I go hard in the paint in the morning time. I can't do it. Okay, uh, all right. That's what I'm talking about. So before you came on, I was just giving some quick little announcements about things that are going on. Um, just actually, it's not a whole lot. I was saying Happy Hanukkah to the folks who celebrate Hanukkah. Um, and I wanted to give shout outs to everyone who's joined my Patreon and I want to continue to, um, leave that link because that is what grows my podcast and what keeps it going. Um, I also want to talk about my website, but I think because of our conversation, I want to, I'm probably going to wait to the end and I'm going to post links at the, um, on the show uh, at the end, I'll post links so you can get to the Patreon, you can get to the website for sweatshirts. And I want to also leave your link um, as well for um, for all the swag you guys got going on in Redbubble, right? And anything else you want to leave, on, anything else you want to leave on the link, let me know so people can contact you, hire you, talk with you, whatever, and we will leave it there. Yes, yes, yes. Does that sound yes, good? Absolutely. Um, I'll make somebody, yeah, I'll make somebody else get you that stuff. I'm not technologically savvy. I did good getting on here, but, um, I'll definitely, I'll definitely send you all that. Okay, look, you and me both. Sis, look, let me just tell you something. I, <laughs> I've been doing this podcast for over a year and a half, maybe two years, and it was like yesterday that I learned how to do the split screen, and it was complicated. I had to have someone come on and like tutor me and like show me at midnight, so nobody... <laughs> I was like, how do I, where's it at? I'm scared. It was too much. It was too much. <laughs> it's what, it, I wish we could find people who just be like, I'll do your tech for you for free. Like, <laughs> and nothing for free, sis. Nothing for free. And, and what I need is way over my pay grade. <laughs> Word. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the same. I mean, luckily, I have like the Black Joy Girl thing. Usually, I'm like, I don't know you do that. Like runs IG because I don't I don't know if it's like an older thing like I'm older but I don't get IG I don't understand how it works I don't get it at all so <laughs> you're like you don't know why yeah for what for what, <laughs> right? for what that you know what that's that's a good idea I need I think I've been thinking about you know how to um, create how to get that's to create a team to community build like you are doing I have set I mean to me I feel like I'm so in awe of folks who can like create this this giant team of people who are just like 
everybody's worker bees. Everybody's got their passion and they're just all like doing their thing. I have yet to create a worker bee foundation. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's essential. I mean, it's essential to what I do. I don't think I could do half of what I do without them. Right. Um, I mean, literally every single person, like you said, has a passion. They, they're good at X, Y, or Z, and they all just bring it to the table. And the col- the collaboration I find with this group of women is just, it's something I've never even experienced. I mean, right. it's just off the charts. Yes. Um, yeah, and everybody is, is for this work. And that, that in and of itself, um, you know, from the white ladies we have in our group to uh, the indigenous to, you know, the Haitian to the whatever – everybody is on deck yes and that's just rare right it's rare it's blessed it's everything that you i mean it's like manifestation it's like spiritual connection it's like all of those things that are rare and it comes together to bring your dream to fruition which is amazing to me so when you came now when how long how long has black joy been going on uh black joy has been around since about july Okay, so it's brand new. Yeah, Y'all are kicking new. it up. Yeah, we're a baby. We're a baby. We're um, a baby. <laughs> we actually just became a nonprofit. So we started out with this idea of like going around to rural areas um, and really kind of showing them the support for people of color that um, other cities, you know, that they're not going to get. Right. right. So like everything's on the I-5 corridor. Um, and, you know, to be really honest, people are watching, you know, Fox News or whatever they're watching and they're seeing all this hot mess. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, uh, that just wasn't my spirit. Um, don't get me wrong. I was up in there. I was in Portland. I was, you know what I mean? I feel, you talking about protesting? Um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But they weren't getting, like, you know, maybe these cities that have maybe one black family, maybe no black family, yeah. right? Their only exposure was this, like... This idea that, like, the city of Portland was burning and, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that one block. Yeah, (laughs) so it started out with just wanting to go out and support and, you know, introduce culture, black culture, to these rural towns. And as we got further into it and as we kind of peeled back the layers to the onion, we realized that we live in an extremely racist city. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, as we, like, kind of just got more into it, we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. who's advocating for us? Shit. Yeah, right? This is wild, you know? And so, um, so we started focusing more on, you know, Salem, uh, and we're still, we're still focused on going out to all the cities. I think we've made it to, like, 52, 53, um, Oregon cities. But we'll be continuing that until we hit every single one. And when I say every single one, we mean even the ones with just a gas station or just a whatever. Right. Those two. Um, like, we've hit Otis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's, like, maybe, like, a pizzeria and a pronto puff. You know? <laughs> uh, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're going to hit all these cities. But I think we also kind of realized that um, with that group mentality, with that worker bee mentality, we really have what it takes to to advocate. We really have what it takes to lobby. We really have what it takes to build female leaders in our communities. Um, And so, you know, that became the, you know, the precipice for turning it into a nonprofit, um, for starting to apply for grants and and, seeing that we we have so much more work to do. The the work is never done. It's never done. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like like, uh, like I'm saying, you know, many, many hands make light work type thing. You know what I mean? And it's amazing to me. 
that y'all are able to grow so quickly because the, it's just the same as you were saying, the deprivation of yeah. that, of the level of need that, that's created to just recognize black people for other than commodity, other than criminal, other than, you know, um, folks who are taking, 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 taking like this narrative that goes yeah. on around black folks, especially in, in little in little towns that have no exposure, no impression, no, I mean, you know, and, and yeah. there's always somebody in the background who kind of knows better, but doesn't know how and doesn't know where to right. reach out to. So for y'all to come through in, in a group and show that, especially black women, especially a coalition of, of multiracial women, I mean, you know, yeah. that to me is like very representative of the Pacific yeah. Northwest, you know what yeah. I mean? And it's yeah. really courageous right now in this time that you guys are traveling to these places where, you know, you don't know what you're going to be greeted with. <laughs> oh, and that's real. Because <laughs> I don't stop for the little bitty cities, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, right? And, and we've, run, I mean, we've run into some situations, man. We've run into some real, um, we've run into some real races. We've yeah. run into some real ugly, um, and you know, we also, you know, sometimes we even, some, some of these cities, people are so, uh, I don't even want to say hateful, but they're so, um, they're so ignorant mm -hmm. in their thinking. Mm -hmm. They're so unwilling to, like, really just, just take it for what it is. So, like, all of our signs, like, none of our signs are, like, aggressive. It's not like, fuck, fuck the cops. Right. Like, it's really, it, they all say, like, black is beautiful, black is, you know, whatever. Right. And so, like, you know, for people to see, like, what we do, and then automatically the word black Girl, it's not if, even it's not even you don't even know what we're talking about it don't ha it don't matter it don't matter if it ain't that gun they piss <laughs> and you're like what mm -hmm. you know the, they peel their faces back they come out of pocket they talk out of the side of their neck and you know there's been a lot of times where we've all had to kind of get with each other afterwards and go are you okay right are, are you cool um because, you know, and as, as hard as it is for, and I hate to say this almost, but as hard as it is for me, um, I think sometimes it's even harder on our allies. I think, you know, when you really have done the work and you really are anti-racist, you don't see this every day, right? Like, we do. Mm -hmm. So for me, somebody saying something to me, I'm like, and? <laughs> right. We do this, you know what I mean? Like, we do this all the time. Right. Um, but for, you know, for some of our allies, this is also eye-opening to them. Mm -hmm. This is also, they, they get, when they're traveling with somebody, a person of color, they finally get that veil lifted. Mm. And they're like, whoa. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. that's interesting when you say that because I, we talked about this before we came on here, and I talked about, it was one of those things where I'm like, I know very few white folks who are true allies. Right now, I know a lot of good intended intended white folks. I know a lot of good-hearted white folks. I know yeah. a lot of good. I know a lot of white folks. Period. I mean, I live in or Eugene, right? Mm -hmm. But to call them an ally uh, yeah. for me, because girl, look, I'm just gonna tell you straight up. I'm a hard case to crack. Okay, Cause I be like side eye and everybody. Like I yeah. swear to God. So to be an ally yeah. <laughs> requires so much, um, and 
and it really you're right it's a it's a heavy toll it's a heavy toll on anyone it's a heavy toll on us being black so i mean i don't when you're an ally i don't because i am who i am i don't lift it right it's like you net you're here with me because i because you know and i know right and so we're about to walk in here and you know what i know i know what you know our lived experiences are different but we're about to come in here together so the thing about that for me is like when i have to um have somebody with me that when i'm doing my conversations and i'm teaching and i'm training the one thing i always tell folks who are, who are going through these anti-racist uh conversations is that you we are so far like allyship yeah. we are so far from actual anti-racism you know we have to yeah. first recognize the racism right that yeah. we do that we participate every single yeah. day but for allyship to me i feel like there's this point where once you see it and once you understand it you can't unsee it it's kind of like it's kind of like once you you know when you buy a red car and all and you th- you're thinking about a red car and everywhere it's red cars popping up or you know you learn what a symbol means and then everywhere you go you're like damn that symbol is like everywhere i never saw it before so once you start to like actually understand racism and you actually can take yourself decenter yourself and look at racism and go i see how i'm participating i see how they participate i see how the structure is built you can't unsee it you know <laughs> it's now now you're there and now it's all for the rest of your life to un- deconstruct it right <laughs> yeah and it's, you know and it's 100 percent. i think you know we kind of talked to hit on this yesterday as well where it's like listen like and, and i call these women allies because number one um they've had my back like mm. they've had my back since day one anything that i they say what's division and they say what you know what's the equity ask and i say this is the equity ask and it's done yeah right? like we're gonna make it happen it's gonna it's gonna go down right so right that's number one i think the other thing the most important thing is we check the shit out of each other yes right? so we check each other and it's like quick it's like yo we shouldn't have done that right um you know we've had some issues around um truthfully like we do things our our way right and so when something else happens or when you know uh i talked about this on a live the other day sometimes when people come to an event they their their agenda is not in alignment with an organizer or their agenda is not in alignment so they want to let's like for example they want to burn shit down they want to get into it and that's just not on my agenda right? right or that's just not on the organizer's agenda so we have you know we've definitely done some work around censoring Mm. We've done some work around, um, you know, and even I've been guilty of that. We've done some work around, a lot of work around ableism and breaking that down. We've done a lot of work around, you know, this understanding um, and learning that there's more than one way to do this work. And even if that way doesn't sit well with me personally, Mm. um, that there's a time and a place. Right. Right. So, and without those folks burning shit down, would I have the attention of the folks that I have the attention of? We all have our part. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And so, you know, we've really done that work. And and when when one of my white allies comes to me in in in, in earnesty and is like, "Yo, I don't I don't get this this part, mm. right?" Mm-hmm. Um, but I know I know the love is there. I know the passion for this work is there. I have no problem taking a second and being like, yo, this is why right. that isn't cool. Um, and, and, and vice versa. Like, I've caught myself saying some stuff. I'll be keep it real. Like, I started saying, the, uh, I, I don't say it anymore because I just, like, thought about it and was like, why am I 
saying this. This is conditioning. Um, but this, but coon. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Bro. And, and, like, I had some, like, strong feelings about it. And one day I was actually in the car with the girls. We were on our way somewhere to one of these, you know, little podunk towns. And I said it. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, what the am I even saying? Right. And I looked it up. I, I educated myself. I looked it up. I looked up the history of the word, and I was like, yuck. Yeah, yeah. This is conditioning. Yeah. Why am I saying this? Yeah. I'm like, Whoa. Isn't that interesting? So, okay, so we didn't, we didn't even, I didn't even announce what we're doing. Like, I just started talking to you, and we just like, this is where we are right now, 20 minutes in already. <laughs> okay, so let me just say, what we wanted to come in and talk about, and you know how my show flows. Everybody who's watching, I hope, knows how my show flows, and people who are just joining me, thank you very much. <laughs> but we are going to, we're talking just the way we're going to be talking, but we wanted to bring, we're going to bring this all around to capitalism and racism. And um, I was listening to what you were just saying. I'm like, I need to say what we're going because we're, you're going there in ways, you know what I mean? But like, we want we discussed. We've never met, like I said before, like you know. And we got on the phone for you know what, 45 minutes and talked about 55 things we could make several different podcasts on. <laughs> and I and then you're like, you know what? I'll, we let's talk about capital. You typed out, let's talk about capitalism and racism. And I said, oh, okay, right, and so. I'm here for that, and we're going to do it, and y'all know how we do. This is going to go in and out, in and out, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, so sit tight. Please take a deep listen. Take some notes. It's about to be fire. So I just I just realized, I'm like, I never said what we were going to talk about, so let me, <laughs> let me just say that. Sorry. Um, anyway, and um, I wanted to also mention that um, you, I wanted to say that I put this up on Instagram. Because I do, yeah. I for Black Girl for you, from Eugene, I do 98% of everything you see for Black Girl. It's all me, right? So I do the Instagram, the Facebook, the, and if anybody would like to help, please DM. So, <laughs> but anyway, so I do the Instagram. So, right? <laughs> so I did the, the girl, look, it, there's a lot to say about that, and we can talk about that later. But anyway, so, um, right? So anyway, so Instagram I was on Instagram and I said, okay, um, Sunday, I'm going to have the, you know, the wonderful Julian Jackson from Black Oregon, Black, you know, Black Joy Oregon, blah, blah, blah. We're going to talk about capitalism and racism. Boom. I put up the thing, I put it on my story. And sure enough, like I'm talking just like white on rice. <laughs> Here come the haters, right? And so this one particular person, I don't know that, I don't know because he was very respectful on how he was. Sure. You know what I mean? Like how he, he sure. didn't come across super ignorant and just like, you don't know what you're talking about, that type of thing. But yeah. he did, he was like, he said, well, I don't get it, basically, was his comment. And I said, well, you know, and it was challenging the idea that it was like there was an issue with, with capitalism and racism. Right. And I said, okay. I, and then I was, I thought about how much do I want to go into this on my Instagram feed, right? And then I said, right. how about you just tune in on Sunday and learn another perspective right and he said well i sure hope you know in the in the white man explaining way i sure hope you guys are going to talk about this this and that i didn't answer back what he wanted to hope that we talked about <laughs> was how capitalism is the best thing that it could be and race it and it and it helps racism it actually alleviates racism and i was just like you know as a white man and i'm a what do you say that weird flex, but okay. Weird flex because it, it came across like, yeah, I'll watch your show and I hope you cut. I hope you do it this way, 
And I was like, I I hope you understand, it ain't gonna go down like that. (laughs) First off. Not at all. You know, the thing about it is, and I've read, like, a lot about it, and I don't know, like, so in my personal, like, in my real life, right, like, um, I'm currently doing labor organizing. Um, I think economic justice is just as important as racial justice, mm-hmm. uh, if not. You know, it, it, they're, they're basically, um, I read this article actually like just before I hopped on here, and they, like I found the perfect way somebody explained it. Racial and economic uh, disparities are like conjoined twins. Mm-hmm. When we talk about, you know, the, when we talk about the beginning of slavery, right, like, no one came over to Africa and was like, man, I hate Africans. Right. Right? It had nothing, it had little to nothing to do with uh, the fact that our skin was different. It had everything to do with monetizing. Mm-hmm. It had everything to do with getting a country up and running um, and prospering for free. I was going to say, um, revenue, over black line, red line, like how much can we do this, mo- how much can we get or nothing? Yes. 100%. 100%. Right. So then as we follow history, everyone has like this huge like thing with Lincoln. Like Lincoln was like the best thing since sliced fucking bread right. because he uh, abolished slavery. But what, what people fail to realize is he, he technically didn't so much abolish slavery. He abolished slavery Unless you were a criminal. And so, enter, enter uh, mass incarceration. Right. Um, enter, you know, this, this like, prison complex we have today. Right, right. Um, where, you know, I, honestly, I used to work at the prison over here in Salem, and I walked in there, I'd never seen this many black people in my fucking life in Oregon. Okay. Ever. 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 Um, ever. So, when we're talking about, you know, capitalism and racism... Truly, we're talking about generational wealth gap. Yes. We're talking about, um, you know, black people not having what they need to succeed. We're talking about even, I mean, even down to the, like, to the the minutia, even down to um, credit scores, Mm -hmm. even down to black people typically having to pay higher interest rates for vehicles. That's right. That's right. Um, We're talking about in Oregon specifically, Mm -hmm. because Oregon was created to be a white utopia, we're talking about redlining. We're talking about not being even offered a mortgage. Can we just talk about that for a second? When you talk about Oregon being whiteopia, I think that people have got to understand, um, to even go further back to exactly what you're saying, in the Constitution, right, can we just go back, like, in the Constitution, when we're writing 250 years of the birth of this country, right, Black folks, and it wasn't just black people, because black folks were not the only people who were enslaved, but we were the the, the, uh, the majority, right? And we were the ones that survived the longest, and we were the ones that they could get the, the, the most for the cheapest. Like, this right. is how this worked, right? So, but in the Constitution, the people, I, people have got to understand, it wasn't like we the people. There was a commodity yeah. written into the Constitution, and right. the commodity were people of brown skin. Like, the right. three-fifths of a man means that there was a, the other part was for sale. That other part yeah. was owned by the government. The other part right. was not, which means that black people were considered a part of the economic oh, yeah. growth. We GDP. Thank we GDP. you. Right. Yeah. Not, not, to be, yeah. not to have any equitable piece of what was going to be growing. But what was, right? But the part that was going to be building and benefit for, for the structure, for who and what was building that structure, which was not us. Not for us, not about us, 
But it was to, right. to continue colonialism and white supremacy. That is how it broke down. And when you go down to what you're saying, as it even further unfolds, the, the, it, it goes into the more current, you know, into yeah. current legislation and into current... Did you hear... Now, did you hear about the 13th Amendment where there's two senators and one is Oregon that are trying to... Yes, Merkley, that's yeah, trying to I'm close the gap. I'm meeting on Monday. I'm jumping on a meeting on Monday with, uh, with that gentleman to, to, to have this conversation because it's imperative. Yes. It's imperative that we, like, even... You know, and people don't understand, like, the, you know, the reality of this, but even the language. Even, even though we, you know, people are like, well, it's not like that now. Yeah, but the language is there. Yeah. Oh. Go look, I just I rent a home. And I rent a home from a lovely couple and uh, they're very they have a lens for injustice, yeah. right? And they bought the house that I rent out in 2007. 2007. So right here in Eugene, they looked at the deed, right? Before you sign it, you look at all the paperwork and it still says 2007 you will not rent to negroes. Now they told them they said what what uh, excuse me what is this right and they said oh it's just it's old paperwork it hasn't changed right. in so many years so just don't worry it's it's still it's still there it's on the books but legally we don't we don't do that right. she wouldn't sign it until they took it out right well yeah but I'm just saying like 2007 I need people right. to hear that it was still yeah. in, it was still on the books which means yeah. what does that what does that mean it means it's up to interpretation. For anybody right. who would like to, you know, legally they may not have standing, but up to, to interpretation for anyone who, right. would, who can take that and say, look, we got this. It's in the books. We don't need to be We don't need to actually, you know, rent to you. We don't want you in this section of the city. Right. It's like all this kind of legal jargon of like, well, that was back then. This is now. Is it though? Is it though? Because yeah. so go I'm sorry I interrupted you because I had to think about it. I was like wait no that was too, that was right now where it literally still on the books here in Eugene do not rent to Negro not black people not people but Negroes yeah absolutely and that, I mean and that's the issue you know what I mean like right now one of the things that Black Joy is pushing hard for um, and me personally because um, I do do uh, you know organizing work outside of Black Joy as well um, is you know this this. Uh, denouncement of white supremacy, mm. uh, a citywide denouncement, and everyone's like, "Well, you know, I had a, a meeting with the mayor, bro, and he's like, literally, bro, this man test my gangster." <laughs> you, uh, he every, he bro, said he was trending. He tested every part of me. I'm telling you, and the thing of it is, is he literally was like, "Do you, uh, you know, is that even necessary, bro? I'm telling you, it's necessary." As a woman of color who has been assaulted in the city by a white Okay. Um, number one. Okay. Number two, you know, I don't know if you've checked out what's going on in Salem, but they are having rallies here every weekend, Proud Boys, all that. They're having, it's wild. You can't even go downtown as a person of color wow. on the weekend. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely ludicrous. So the fact that, like, words are everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Words are everything. And, yeah, we need you to say it. We need you to tell these people that they are not welcome in our city yeah if this is your dynamic if you bring hate with you stay the fuck out that's it right? it's really but simple make it real clear it's real it's not hard simple. it's not hard and so it, i mean it just it's wild to me that people don't understand 
that even, and I've said this a million times, but it's so true, Oregon was never meant to be equitable for people of color. So we have to look at these laws. We have to look at the words. We have to pay attention to the words. If if anything was built between, you know, I would even say 2015 new, uh, I would go back through policy because the racism is there. And it's in yeah. writing. You see what I'm saying? Like we don't have to even discuss it. We don't have to guess. Nope. Like I can, I, we can walk in there and and just be like, right there, there it is. Right, right there. But this is, I mean, but this is even down to like, and and people really need to understand too. This is this is in every facet of government. In, in not only in the United States, but specifically since we're in Oregon, talking about Oregon specifically in Oregon. If you look at DHS's website. And you look up racism and DHS. Here's what you will find. You will find an acknowledgement, right, that they take children of color and indigenous children at a higher, at an exponentially higher rate because of <laughs> cultural incompetence. That's right. And it says it. And they know it. That's yep. what's wild to me is you know it. And so, and so what are we doing? Like, what steps are we taking? And then there's, like, this idea that, you know, black folks and it goes back to that again that media bullshit where welfare mom right Right. welfare queen right um where you go back to that and that's in people's heads but i i hate to ruin this for everybody (laughs) Um, but as a previous dhs worker white people get the majority of benefits not only in oregon but in the united states hold on hold on sis wait 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 so wait you want i work for dhs too i was just about to say i didn't use the liaison and, and do uh, for child welfare, and I worked very hard, very hard for several years with the legislation and uh, with the director here on the disproportionality of black children in foster care. So I'm like, look, I'm listening to you like, look, this, I, I, my, the, the, my nails are on the walls of the DHS, my windows and hall, like all of just tra- fighting. For the seven, eight years that I worked there about this disproportionality and the cultural, the, the cultural response, the responsibility, the response that we're having, the foster families that we're recruiting, not having any cultural competency classes, yeah. not having anything to back them up, then also not having any families of color that we're trying to recruit in to right. even have this appropriate indigenous, they, you know, they, they go for indigenous, which I, I love, they skip right over black. They be like... You know how you know that Heisman, the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, but, right, but here's the reality of that too. They only they only deal with indigenous people different if they're in a tribe. That's no straight up, straight up. That's right. That's so, exactly right. So, so even so, so if and you're only, indigenous and you don't know your lineage quite, you know, down to the science, but you are still an indigenous person and you still are culturally, you know different in that way yes it's still that way yes you know and so and that's what is wild to me so all of these agencies the police the government the governor's office the governor's advocacy office, mm-hmm. all of these people recognize that the cultural incompetence is is a foundation mm-hmm. of their of their uh, operation they recognize that but and there's always this constant and i fucking I was a head sorry about the word but I fucking hate it I hate it when people say we're committed to diversity go fuck yourself listen okay look you're committed, stop, stop it, yourself stop it. stop it right now right that means you're committed to having one brown person that agrees with you 
to diversity. And you need to be committed to being anti-racist. Diversity is not enough. You can have nine black people, but if you treat those nine black people like shit... You know what? I need to. I need more than I need. When you say diversity, I'm, I'm gonna ask you how, because when you have that one black person, that's not diversity. You know what I'm saying? That's tokenism. So let's go a little bit deeper. I, you know, when you say diversity, because I, I actually brought this up. I was looking because I was in. A, I was in. A, I was on one, and I was like, I'm leaving. What country has the most diverse people ever? I'm out of this motherfucker, right? I gotta go. I gotta go. I want to see anybody else, right? And it wasn't even black. It wasn't even like I need to be black. I need to be. I need to just have. I just need to be somewhere with some culture. Everybody's there. Everybody's chilling, and everybody's like doing their thing. Where's that? Right. That place does not exist. BT Dub. But I did look, and um. It's Narnia. Yeah. Okay. Look, it's it's like Hogwarts. That's where it's the most diverse. So so and it's not. It's not. But anyway. Okay. Um. The most. Uh, girl, now you got me thinking I'm like Star Wars. Okay, but anyway, um, you know, I looked it up and it's in it's Togo, Africa. Now you know that when you talk about Togo, Africa, when you go to Togo, Africa, you're gonna see black folks. But what's the diversity part? What you're gonna see African people? What's the diversity part? You got different ethnicities. You've got different um, cultures all within the same. Togo's got all these different tribes. You've got in this small little country. You've got like a like. Something like 196 to 240, something crazy amounts of languages that are spoken. On average, everyone speaks at least three languages. So, and that, so that was what was that the what was diversity. So, when you want to come here and you want to talk to me about our our you know our uh, agency is diverse, and I'm looking through the doors and I'm going, I see white space. That's what I see. I see whiteness everywhere i see whiteness yeah. in its language i see whiteness in its, in its dress code i see whiteness in it like you know the seven sense. i see white people i see and white people everywhere and that's exactly what it is and i think people you know when we talk about um you know when we talk about capitalism and we talk about um racism being being so deeply intertwined i think right now we can even point to the fact that being anti or being not racist um is profitable right, right. it's in vogue right it's in fashion it's um and so people are making money off of saying they support something that generationally um they have not supported right um you know we have a, a politicians who uh you know have uh, who have frequently supported anti-black uh, legislation, right. uh, who frequently work with ALEC, which is the American Legislative Exchange Commission, mm-hmm. uh, pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> we, 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 you know, we consistently have people who do these things knowing, um, you know, that they don't have, you know, anybody but themselves in profit in mind. Um, and then for some reason they're able to throw up a fist or get on a knee or put on a whatever. When Nancy Pelosi put that shit on, girl, bye. Bye. <laughs> take yourself on. So if you don't take off that kente cloth, girl, like, it was too much. It was too much. It was too much. Yeah. And we know for a fact that, you know, you may not be, uh, you may not be racist, but you for damn sure are not anti-racist. Um, and, and that's the problem. And so when we're talking about capitalism, it goes so deep and they go hand in hand. And here's the, here's the, the kicker of it all is that working class white folks 
in 2000, you know, in 2020, are just as uh, depleted. Right. They are being just as, um, you know, they are being just as depleted as any other race of people. They just don't know it. Right, right, right. And if working class white folks and black folks and indigenous folks and brown folks were to stop fighting for the crumb and get together, Look, the indoctrination is real. And the thing is, is that when you talked about black folks being up there, the one black person in the crowd, and we want to hope that, you know, we try to wash their mouths if they're like lipping help and stuff. Help me. You know what I'm saying? Or if they just are not and they just have indoctrinated themselves so deep into it, they don't even recognize that they're being tokenized. Or they really think, well, you know what? I, it's fine. It's fine. I'm used to being the only black person here. I'm used to being the one that does all the work and gets no recognition. Right. I'm used to being the capitalist, the capitalist society running on my back. And giving me right. the very means just to show up and do it again the next day. They, some people are quite all right with that. And that's, I'm not here to judge, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? We're not judging nobody. But uh, with what you were just saying to me, I feel like the recognition of the indoctrination, right, that comes before black and brown people as well. Now, we all have to we all have to pay our rent. We all have to pay our mortgage. We got to, you know, children need the shoes. Like we got we do all the things, right? But there's an I, there's a difference in like what you're explaining to me where it's like when we don't recognize white supremacy is not an actual thing. It's not a thing, y'all. It's like something that we have been that we have agreed upon subconsciously or not. It's written in the book. It's 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 literally an indoctrination. It's a theory. It's an idea that everyone is just has been blinded to to the point right. where we do not recognize it. So when you're talking about black and brown people being faced against each other, when you talk about colorism or you talk about one-upping, you talk about the you know the the access to resources, all again based on the the foundations of capitalism in this country designed this way. Yeah. So if yeah. you're gonna if we're gonna talk to other black and brown people and be like, why can't why, why is there this issue with Mexicans and black, Mexicans particularly, right. and black folks? Like, what is this, what's going on here? Now, when you think about the resources in which we're, we're battling over, and you talk about the, the uh, instance of, of capitalism in the middle of there, there's only one, there's only one aspect that's, that's doling out who gets what and how, right? right. But yet, w the indoctrination of white supremacy has came to that, that, that idea right. of one must go, this the idea of individualism. Well, and, and, you know, individualism. And I'll take it one step further because here's the thing. So we've been taught that this whiteness, this this thing is elite, right? Right. And and, and when and when we started getting immigrants, I would even I would even further it to say that black folks were indoctrinated to believe that they have the one up on immigrants. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we're watching this like this elitist scale, which we all know, again, is bullshit. Right. Uh, it, it makes no sense. Right. Right. But, you know, as a black person who has it rough, who, who can't get resources, who doesn't have. Well, at least I'm not that guy. Right. Well, that that's, and, 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 that thought and, process and, is an individualistic and thought process with, with poor white people. Right. Well, at least I'm not black. Right. Right to go through that so there's like the, these levels of like elitism and classism and capitalism where we can you know we get to feel good about ourselves 
because we're citizens. Right. At least we're not that guy. Right. right? At least we're not. And it all, you know, it all stands. It all, the, it all comes out in the wash. <laughs> it's the same thing as whiteness. Right. It is not a thing. Is white privilege a thing? Right. Like, that's real as hell. That's real. <laughs> but is whiteness like an actual issue? Like, no. No. Exactly. Exactly. We bought the lie. Right. We're buying the lie. Right. And that's the thing I think, you know, even for myself, like you said, where people get so, um, you know, they get, okay, well, in the status quo, I just got to pay my bills, put my head down, and go on about my business, especially in Oregon. People don't really realize how difficult it is for people of color to be in such a white place, right? That in itself, just being here. Yes. Right. Because even saying you need something is like, well, you're asking for something special. Right. No, I'm not. I'm asking for common decency and courtesy. Right. Um, quite frankly. But, you know, it's tougher because you don't have, you know, those folks to support you. And so it seems like, you know, I, I myself can admit that I, I lived that way for a long time. Mm. Like, just kind of, okay, somebody made a racist joke and I kind of was like, it's a head scratcher. Right. Um. And I just kind of kept my mouth shut. And then I think collectively, as a, as a brown and a black and an American people, George Floyd was like, the, that was it. Right. Like, you're not talking to me crazy anymore. Fuck this. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've been cool. We've been way cool. Right. Um, and <laughs> we've been ch- we've been cool. We've been over cool. We've been like, black, yeah, the black body trauma meter was like, okay, it was done. We're done. We're done. Yeah. And you know, now to be really honest, and that took a lot of of deep of internal deep work. And I we talked about this yesterday. People don't realize even black folks we have internal work to do. Right. We have been conditioned to accept a certain level of life. Mm-hmm. We have been conditioned to, you know, um, to accept that we may not go as far, that there's a glass ceiling. And the reality is bullshit. Right. That's not, bullshit. that's my whole point. I'm competent. I'm worthy. <laughs> I'm in there. This is agreed upon. All this we're talking about is some sort of uh, of some sort of etiquette that we've agreed upon, but based on our et- no, no, we're here to stop all that. We're here to be like, wait, who, who, how, what? That don't work for me. That ain't gonna happen now. We can't do that. And the thing is, is that it's people want to keep wanting to wanting in this dissonance. To, un- to believe that what we're talking about was far in the past. Like, what that we're talking about is something that has happened that we're holding on to that happened. That This is not, this is not this true. Is today. This is today, right? And we're yeah. talking about the people who were, who, who were actually, I mean, I'm not even going to say, there's people in robes now, white yeah. KKK robes now walking around. They're not, they, they, this yeah. was not like, oh, they're back. They didn't leave. You see what I'm saying? They didn't go anywhere. But, and so this whole idea that we are like people are like waking up to it. No, what's happening is that everyone got cut at the knees in 2020. The economic capitalistic uh, rug got pulled right from underneath right. us, right? And so all of a sudden, everyone was like, "Who is in the boat? Who's in the storm? Who is around? What's going on?" And yep. the TV, the lights came on, and it was like a show. Everyone for a moment had to sit back and watch. Now we gotta. Right. We got all these people scrambling for their dollars, right? For their dollars. They're, they're like, 
You know how fast after the protests, how fast Black Lives Matter signs went up on the windows? So they were like, not because they believed in Black Lives Matter, but because they believed in black dollars, okay? And they did not want anyone coming to their shop talking about what did they not see? You know, what did they not hear? And matter of fact, I, I actually don't, I stopped going to my gym for a long, for lots of reasons. But this particular gym, I was like, I'm giving you top dollar. And I actually don't hear anybody, not necessarily the gym itself and even the gym itself, but I don't hear people in the gym talking about the loss that we have just all endured, the COVID loss, the black lives loss, the, you know, the, the, uh, the indecency loss, the, you know, all of this kind of the economic, everything, the loss, I'm not, I don't hear it. So I'm like, I'm dealing with some people who the cognitive dissonance is so deep that they're like, if I just put my head down and maintain, all the people around me will just fall back into place. And this is what 2020 is beautiful with because the, the, the economy at this moment is in a space where we have real, real influence and work to do. If, yeah. if, if the community can understand our leverage into capitalism, right? Yeah. And redirect this shit into something else that, that is for us, by us, in a real way. I'm yeah. talking about systems, banks. I'm talking about housing. I'm talking about cr- reversing the redlining. You see what I'm saying? I'm yeah. talking about yeah. literally the loans coming from uh, black institutions. It will yeah. look different for our our children, our grandchildren. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think Atlanta, the, you know, Atlanta is a great, uh, you know, a great yes. study of that. Right where you know they really have the black dollar down. Yes. Um, yes. They, really, <laughs> yes. They, they they know what it is. They be um, thriving in great, Atlanta. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a great um you know a great way to look at it. You're not doing anything in Atlanta without black folks. No. Nope. No. Nope. Um, you're not. And I think that's so you know that's important. And I think again for Oregon that's such a struggle because we are literally two point four percent of the population. And this is this is also this is a hangup, and it's also like the the what the fuck moment for right. me. Right. Because so two point four percent of your uh, community of your you know of your uh, population is asking. Um, for you to to fix things, and we always hear about budgets. We always hear about whatever, 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 right? And when you when you break it down and you think about it like that, so two point four of your population is asking for you to to elevate, is asking for you to put the dollars in their community, is asking for you to, um, you know, to to really kind of take a look at the damage that you've done mm-hmm. with you know with this white utopia concept, right? Um, and to correct it, right? We're not even asking, like, we know we're not going to get our 40 acres in a mule, bro. We get it. <laughs> not here. But it's going to be the last yeah. damn place that did that. You know what I mean? like, we're asking you for, like, for the basics. Okay? Right, right. And Hair products in the stores. And, and, for, and, and truly, for 2.4, just the math, for 2.4% of the population, you could find that. Look, I mean. You could find that. Right, I'm but but the narrative is going the other direction. Why would we for two point four? You see what I'm saying? Like those two point four ain't enough to say nothing. And then it's also like the what the fuck moment for me because it's like, bro, listen, it wouldn't even. You're spending more money fighting it. <laughs> yes. Than it would cost you to elevate an entire community. Of an people. entire of the entire state. 
police officer in six months. Yes. Then it would cost you to elevate every single black person in the state. In the state. Every single one. So when we're talking about money and we're talking about, you know, capitalism, you because you don't there's there's um there's also money in, in watching folks fail. There's also money in communities not doing well. I'm sure you've heard about the fact and everyone listening's heard about the fact that it's very, very expensive to be poor. Right? Oh yeah. It's very expensive to be poor. So yeah. people are benefiting. Absolutely. From the poorest groups of the community. And so that, there's not an incentive to move it forward. Just like the 13th Amendment in the Constitution that, that gives that whole economic loop to slavery, right? And allows the slave masters, now yet the institutions, right? And the policing and the policing institution that all hold right back to the plantation to still benefit from slave labor, Without calling it slave labor, right there in the Thirteenth right. Amendment, it's been—it's a loophole, big as hell, that they've made trillions of dollars off of. Yeah. Yep. So the idea is that we're talking about closing this loophole in 2020, and we're going to yeah. talk about how commercialism is not a thing with based on racism and slavery. Like, what? Are, right. Where are you at? Like, it's—it's it's a right. uh, matter of fact. The privatization of 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 uh in the incarceration is should have been should have been the biggest red fucking flag ever, <laughs> right? Like, I'm sorry, what plantation did you, you call? Oh, I mean, I meant what jail house is this called again? Like, what county is it named after? Come on, man. Like, the truth of it is, it can't be. We can't be that. Like you said at the beginning, words mean everything. So if you are re-articulating racism and you are re-articulating the uh, slavery, re-articulating slave labor, re-articulating the, uh, basically, the lack of resources being reached to any community that is not of an affluent community, not white. What are we talking about right now? You, I mean, you see what I'm saying? You, you, it's yeah. re-articulation every single year. It's just, you have to be careful to what you're reading, what you're looking at. You're going, I'm looking at this definition, I'm going, that sounds just the fuck like what it was before, but then we took out yeah. the, the middleman, and now they're going directly for him and taking him. When does it take, like you said, when, is it, when does it become financially advantageous for the institution, for the structure, to uplift the least resourced community. And that's the thing. It, that's, and, that's, and that's the exact... You hit it. You hit it right there. That's the exact reason why capitalism and racism are so deeply... Intertwined. Because you can't. That's right. Our system is built in a way that you cannot. That's right. There's nothing. You cannot. There are so many industries right now today that if we honestly, let's say racism just went away tomorrow, everybody was on even footing, everybody had the same education, everybody had the same base. There's so many industries that would cease to exist. Right. Period. There's so many industries that they just wouldn't make these record profits. Mm -hmm. Um. There's so many, and I mean, we see this in everything, and that's like, I think, again, like, what people have to understand is racism is in everything. Everything. It's in, from childbirth for black women, to, and and, and even deeper than racism, anti-black. That's what I was going to say, anti-blackness, beyond racism, anti-blackness is another thing altogether. Yes. 
It's in everything. Yeah. And so you see this, you know, you see it in almost every single thing that, you know, that even pain management, pain mm. management at a hospital, um, you know, down to the nitty gritty, yeah. you see it in everything. So I think it's so important for people to acknowledge that one simply cannot exist without the other period and so when people are like well you're a um i hear this all the time when i'm out protesting i hear this all the time anyways but they're like well you're a socialist fuck yeah <laughs> right am. right you bet because that's that's the only way once everybody is on even footing that's the only way racism is right that's it that's the only way there can be a a society where I don't have to fight you, I don't have to think less of you, I don't have to do anything but live. That's right. Right? Right. I, I don't, I'm not worried about who's taken from whom or who gets to fucking do what because <laughs> I've got it too. The, I mean, the thing is, is that you're describing something that is not based in white supremacy because white supremacy is based in the high levels of individualism. And yeah. honestly, the black black communities, indigenous communities, communities of color don't naturally, na and I, when I say naturally, I'm talking about without the indoctrination, work yeah. on levels of individualism like this. Is this a yeah. level of actual mental dysfunction of individualism? It goes into, because my degree is in psychology and behavioral science, so I look at the, why are you acting like that? <laughs> you know? I mean, that's what my that's what my expertise comes around. I'm like, why is your brain functioning yeah. on that level? So, um, so when I look at that, when I look at these high levels of individualism and individualism, is it, it becomes where it's like, do you realize that that level, to the level that we function on, is pathological? And so when yes. we don't actually, when people are 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 sick, right, yeah. physically ill, mentally yeah. ill, mentally ill being anxiety. Depression, yeah. you know, questioning your validity, being yeah. all, all of these things are not actual. I mean, we all go there, but when you stay yeah. there, that's an issue, right. right? So the thing is, is that when you got people who are like, I, you know, this is just how we live. This is just how it is. We're, we, we don't, we have diabetes in our family. It's been this way. This is the, this is the healthcare system. This is the, the yeah. benefiting capitalistically on the literally, <laughs> literally the hatred Benefiting yeah. literally on the idea that racism, yeah. the power, what you have to have between the to have racism and like what you very eloquently described just a few moments ago is that you have to have the element of power, and it's not yeah. power in like your voice. It's power in the systematic power to mm -hmm. inflict oppression upon someone else. Now, black yeah. folks can be. Uh, and I just said this to another group of, a while ago. Black folks can be prejudiced. They can be discriminatory. Yeah. They can be they biased. Can be they cannot be racist. We don't have the power. That's not a thing. We don't have the power, yeah. right? So when you're talking about the benefits of, I mean, I'm sorry, the the would as a black person, as a person of color, walking through this world, and we are looking at the literally the mental. We are trying to swallow the mental pathology that it takes to be at this high level of individualism. We are yeah. sick, physically sick. Yeah. You know, physically, physically yeah. overweight, physically diabetic, physically yeah. heart conditions. And they're going, yeah. yeah, it's because they're poor. That's one reason. You know, oh, it's because it's genetic. Racism also, racism also takes a toll on the body. Racism, racism is directly, and racism not being, not being counted as a reason 
for physical and mental ailment is a white issue too because they're benefiting right. capitalists. They're benefiting with the money. Healthcare, right. you, look, that 2.4%, now I just had, I just did a, a lecture on uh, on this for, for some healthcare professionals about racism and perinatal care, right? And we, t- I talked about, and I looked up the statistics, and it said in Oregon, like, like in 2018, there was like 5% black people. And I was like, what? Because it was 2% forever. So I have to keep looking and researching. But in that, I'm going to keep it at 2. In that 2%, the research I did was like between 4 and 5%. It was like 37% of those people were, of those birthing people who, who represent themselves as black were having maternal and or fetal death. So the thing about this is that that's here in Oregon, right? So then I looked at white women, right? It's forty nine percent white women, or something like that, and then or or like fifty six. So it was it was a, mm-hmm. a higher number, very high number. So then I looked at the maternal death rate, and it was like two percent, right? right? So the the idea that capitalism doesn't ride the back of racism and you're talking you're looking at the de- the the deprivation right. that's ha- going on in the and he- how people are being treated so they have to keep running back yeah. how they have yeah. to keep repeating that they have to keep coming back to getting these medications that don't work because they can't afford they keep coming back it's the coming back that makes the money for the system right oh absolutely and i mean i even had this experience with my with my own daughter my youngest daughter so when I first, uh, when I got pregnant with her, I was just ill. I was very ill. Um, and they were like, well, you have, you have uh, vasoprevia and placenta previa at the same time. Okay? Whoa. And they were like, listen, we just think you should, you should end it now. What? Uh, and, oh, for sure. And my reaction was absolutely not. Right. We will, we will soldier on, right? Right. Um, and then they kept trying to get me to take all these tests to prove all this nonsense. And I said, I, it doesn't matter if she comes out hooved with three feet. Right. That's my baby, right? So as we go further into it, I end up spending a month in the hospital with her. Um, she, she needs to be born, you know, early. Um, and... I continue to have to, like, fight with these people. So I did my research, and, you know, it said that she should not be be taken any uh, later than 30, 32 weeks. Mm. And everything, I mean, I was calling places. I was trying to figure right. it out. I was really, like, doing, you know, my work. My, uh, shit, I was stuck in a hospital, so why not? And, um, and these people were consistently trying to get me to wait when no other doctor in America would advise this. Um, and... You know, to me, really, it was like, number one, you don't trust my intuition about my body. Right. You don't trust my intuition about what I know, my child. Um, number two, don't tell me how to have a child you tried to get me to get rid of. That's number two. Um, and then also, like, I had to call a hospital-wide meeting. Right. Like, I had to get on the horn, advocate for myself, talk to my insurance call these people over and over and then finally they were like okay cool and by the time they took her by the time i had my c-section when they pulled out the placenta and all of that they were like you were right if we would if we would have waited any longer 
you would have lost her. Right. And she's here, and she's perfect. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm a little biased. Right. <laughs> you know, but you know, but that's but that's the reality of what black women go through. And if you don't know how to advocate for yourself, right? Or if you buy the lie, if you buy into the bullshit that you're not worthy of advocating for, or that you're not educated enough to know what your body is telling you, right? Then. No wonder it's so hot. Or that you don't really understand that they can make money right off your body and you are right, just by being a black woman, you're right up on the top of the list of some money-making ventures for them. You know what I mean? 100%. And it's not, I want people to quite understand, like, I, you and I are talking about this because you and I are both educated, we are both experienced, we are both in and we're able, we're actually able to speak up and say it. Neither of us are uncomfortable with going, excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> Neither. But that, you know, truthfully, that was the first time in my life that I really did ever just go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, you know, it, wow. for a long time, even after being educated, like, I, I truly felt that I wasn't the right person. And, and you know, a lot of my story is... Uh, you know, I, I have a white mom. I, I lived in, I grew up in institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the school to prison pipeline. Thank God as an adult, like I just didn't live that life, um, or never got caught in that life anyways. Um, but you know, I, I've seen this racism in every fucking facet. Mm-hmm. And for so long, like I really internalized that. And I was like, this is my fault. Right. This oh is, yeah. The things that are happening to me. You know, going to custody court, going to divorce court, mm-hmm. not being on equal footing. Like, in my mind, like, for real, I took all that on my body, on my person, and was like, I'm just not as good. I'm right. just not. Right. right. And so now, like, there's all this, like, unraveling to do, and there's all this. And that was really the first time that I had been like, no, I think you're wrong here. Right. And I think that was that mama bear kind of instinct. You're like, not this time. Not this yeah, time. But it yeah. really was like was the first time that I had like really said no. Right, right. And, you know, the same thing, like I had been on, um, and now I've been I think almost a year medication free, but I spent a ton of time on anxiety medication, mm-hmm. on ADD medication, on you know, I spent twenty, thirty years on that shit. Right. Right. And it's fu- it fits with your brain. Yes. And it, finally I had to come to this, like, ex- you know, this thing within myself and go, who told me I needed this shit? Right. And why is it not okay that I'm fucking am? Right. I'm a, I, like, I'm a passionate person. Right. 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 Yeah. Who said that wasn't okay. Who said I can't work through my anxiety? Who told me that? Who told me I don't have the skills to do that? It wasn't a black community. It wasn't a black it person. Was it wasn't nobody in your corner it, in that way. It was not. No. And you know, proof of that is every time I would go home to live with my, you know, because I was back and forth institutions, everything, and every time I would go home to live with my grandmother, the first thing she did was pull me off that shit. Right. Okay. Look. Oh, the first thing, don't you try it over here. Don't you try it over here. We already know. And not to say that some people don't absolutely need no, it. No, totally. To, not to diminish mental right. health in any way. Right. But, you know, the first thing my grandmother did, though, was to tell me that, um, yo, you control your behavior. Yes. Right? Like, yes. You, you, you got this. Right. And, and it, was so, it was so funny to me to watch because sometimes... When I was living over there in North Carolina and I was home and I had my support and I had 
little girls that looked like me and, mm-hmm. and sounded like me and were passionate like me and like to dress like me. And, you know, when I had that confirmation of, of self, that kind of acting out portion, when I was safe in my community, that I didn't feel so, you know, I didn't feel necessarily like I needed that kind of stuff, you know? And right. as soon as I got to a place where somebody was telling me, well, you just can't do it. You Hello, your your proximity to whiteness is too far. Okay, <laughs> we need you to bring yeah. it in a little closer. We need you to quiet yeah. down, get a little smaller, get a little quiet, get a little less all right. of you, and then right. we will be all right. Right, yeah, and that's exactly and that's exactly right. And so, I mean, I've seen it, and so that's why when you know, I have I have people consistently, especially city officials, they're the fucking worst at this. Right. But they, you know, they consistently undermine my experience. Like I have not been through it in, at every level, and not only have I been through it, but I've worked in it. And I think, I think, truthfully, this is some kind of divine situation because I've worked in a prison, I worked in juvenile, um, I worked at the Oregon State Hospital, uh, I worked in the labor movement. I know what it's about. I, mm-hmm. I still watch capitalism. I watch capitalism at work, and I watch the damage that it does. Um, I watched, you know, my mom, my mom, my own mom is is super racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that that in and of itself comes with, you know, this uh, this need to like really work out, like, okay. I'm good. My skin is good. You My know, body shape is good. It's it's not only good. It's not it's not different. It's like right. there's there are you and there's beautiful yeah. you and then there's like there's like grandma you and then there's right. auntie you and then there's yeah. little girl you and then there and it's like all of yeah. you is beautiful, right? See, right. and I and the pro, the thing about what you just said and what you were just demonstrating for when I what I'm hearing is how much of the system how much of this capitalistic system benefited from your debris, yeah. right? And th- think about, I mean, like, all of it. All of it. it the institutionalism, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? The institution, yeah. uh, the, the medication, the, the, the doubt. The, I mean, because yeah. as long as you, as long as, long as any of us doubt ourselves, right? Yeah. The, the, less, the, the least amount of problems we will be for it trying to get bigger and glow yeah. up and be heard and be seen yeah. and, and do crowd, ma- you know, crowd organization yeah. and actually tell everybody what's going on and teach. Like, Lord forbid right. we start to teach and, and people start to listen or have an audience and, and feel moved yeah. to it and feel moved right. to the work. Lord forbid there's a crack in this monetary system that is yes. feeding white supremacy hand over yeah. foot. Just, just feed it. Like, yes. And the, as long as we are separated from our base, as yeah. long as we are separated from our base, meaning like you're in, uh, what did you say, North Cal- South Carolina? Carolina? North Carolina. North yeah. Carolina. So, like, as long as you are separated from your base, and I work with people who are, uh, who are biracial, black and white, all the time. Yeah. And I... And I do it professionally as well, working with children who are being raised by white families. Because yeah. their first experience of racism is their mom, is their family, yeah. every yeah. single time. And it's damaging yeah. to the core all the way through yeah. life, right? So, and, so then we have this, uh, this extra, right? Because we have this extra level of like, like what you just described. It's like you got to decondition, de-break, you got to break down all this shit. 
that co- that costs you money. It costs right. you time. It costs you. Yeah. It costs you degrees. It costs you jobs. It costs you all kinds of things because we are yeah. constantly trying to battle this idea yeah. of worth. And then you're yeah. talking about the capitalistic venture on top of that. And we're going to yeah. come in with an idea that we may be valued and we actually not necessarily value worth, but we may not be able to access what we yeah. in the back of our minds and heads and hearts understand that we are worth. But not, right. but not only that, we are not taught nor given access to the truth of how to become, you know, a, a, a real yeah. true player in the yeah. game. Right. So, I mean, and, and like we said, every time I'm, I'm on my show, it's generalities. There's lots of people who've made yeah. it. There's lots of people who will never make it. I mean, you know, this is how, so this is, ex- yeah. lived, I always say, people who have the white man's letters behind their names, it's not, it's not impressive. Like, you have a PhD. I say, I love your tenacity, because that's all that takes. Yeah. And money to the system, right? So, and I, and I appreciate the tenacity, but I would love that we write, that we start to put, you know, A A L E, you know, as I've lived my lived experience, right? Yeah. That's the that's what you put behind your name, you know, next to your bachelor of science, blah blah, blah and then L E, okay? <laughs> like, what's that L E? Lived experience, trust that's it, huge. okay? I mean, that's that's huge, and I actually it, it was actually kind of cool. So, so in part of like this deconstructing of myself, sometimes you know I get uh, what what do we call it? Um, Gosh, where it's just like sometimes I stop and I go, oh my gosh, am I capable, right? Like, right. You know, and I know, like, I'm a confident woman, right? Yep. But even still, sometimes I stop and I go, okay, is this for me? And I had, I had put in a, um, I put in a resume and a cover letter for this job, and it was like director of, you know, safety and whatever, racial and whatever. Right. And um, and I thought to myself, like, my first thought in my head was like who's going to make me the director of anything? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I had to like, and then I had to stop and go, no, nah, fuck that. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And I had read, and I was so grateful, uh, I think it was um, the Center for Ju- uh, Safety and Justice, and a partnership for safety and justice. And they had put in there, there was no like, bachelor requirement, there was no college requirement. It was like, if you have lived this, and you think that you can, and this was about, you know, deconstructing the, the criminal justice system and, mm-hmm. and, and approaching it from a holistic point of view. Yeah. So I was really excited about this job, and I thought, there's no way I'm even going to get an interview, like, you know, whatever. And I did, and it, it, it went great. But, you know, but it was that, you know, and even that, like, brought me back to, wow, I still have a lot of work to do. Right. I'm a proud black woman, and I know what I know what I know. And I also know... That, you know, I have something your book will never teach you. Nope. And you will never know unless you ask. Yeah. Unless you allow me the microphone. Unless I take the microphone. One of the two, you're never going to know it unless it's coming from me. (laughs) Right. And I've gotten to this this, this spot now, thank God, where, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to wait for a seat at the fucking table right i'm not right i'm going to either make a table i'm going to move you over or like i just don't have the time i don't i don't i mean I don't have the time the understanding that that's exact that's basically how i got to this point you know being an yeah. entrepreneur myself is that once i left dhs i knew i could never go back and i yeah. could never oh god i could never yeah. go back and i and and not just to dhs but like I could never go back to working for people who don't understand the shit, who this, what all this is about. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, are you really gonna hold, you really gonna ask me? Like, yeah. what the, what am I talking about? You gonna ask me to have a seat? You gonna ask me not, you gonna tell me not now? You will not. Not, not one more damn day will you not. Like, I was done. And so, I, I, it was to that point, you, when you get to that moment where you're just like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, did I, am I asking permission why, why from... Am I, why am I begging you? Yeah, why I, am I begging you? Karen is why talking I, to me like I don't know what I'm... what, And I'm listening to her? What am I doing? Yeah. Right? There was a moment. I mean, there was, uh, there was lots of moments. But I, I mean, when I was assaulted by the police officers uh, in 2015, while I was recovering, and it took a good three to four years to recover... Um, it was like, I realized that no matter what I was to them, no matter how much of a good citizen I was, no matter how well my children behaved in school and were the top athletes of the city, years and years at the time, you know, in the newspapers were, were NAACP, were blah, blah, were all these things, were, were doing the drives and were creating the tutoring and I'm a basketball coach and I've got all these like things that you do to be a part of yes to be a part of the society and the community and you're like a community leader and people know you and it's when a cop comes to your door and wants to beat your ass right you're still a nigga you're still still, right i'm black or black they didn't see not they didn't give a damn and matter of fact not only did when they came to my door okay people like well how would they know who they know First of all, we won't go there. But let's just fast forward two years into the court. Let's fast forward through the two years that my mugshot was spread all over the news. And let's fast forward to all the people in my job. You think DHS don't know who got arrested and why? So you can't tell me all the cops I have to work with don't know who I am? All the people. So you can't talk about the two years of humiliation just being who I had to be coming to work every day. That one black person in the room, right? Then you're going to go to the courtroom and look at 12 people on the jury. And my lawyer asked him, have you ever heard of Black Lives Matter? And one person on that jury says yes. So you're going to tell me all of my accolades, all of my college degrees, all of the things that I've done don't mean nothing. I'm still black in Eugene, Oregon. So as I'm sitting on the stage, I literally was sitting there, Juliet, like sitting there. And I looked around. I looked at all the cops. I looked at my white lawyer lawyers i looked at the white jury i looked up at the white judge and i said what the fuck am i doing here (laughs) and not because not because i'm like how did i get here oh clutching pearls i'm like why in the world would i think they would hear me (laughs) you know i literally was sitting there like what like it dawned on me how ridiculous i was for believing that i would be heard at all in this arena felt about this small surrounded by the power of whiteness and in a way that I had never been in my life before I was sitting there and I was just like this is some stupid shit I put money into the system to screw me I just I paid my lawyer and I paid this judge and these all these people who don't recognize me for anything I got my hair slicked back as nice and pretty as I can I've got my clothes that they would think were acceptable clothing i've got my heart on my sleeve and my head in my heart and 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 they don't give a shit and so when i came back out of that it took another year for me to realize that i was like i mean because the shock has to wear you know you gotta look because i'm looking at myself like how did how did you get here right and this is post-divorce of a white man right and all of these things and i'm like 
I, I got some reckoning to do myself. Right? <laughs> I got to talk to Aisha, excuse me. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I, uh, I actually, um, I'm in recovery now, but bro, I found myself drunk up in Portland uh, on my birthday, uh, not too long ago, probably four years, five years ago now, um, and I woke up at Oregon, uh, at OSHU, uh, the cops had whooped my whole ass, and you know, and, and I woke up, and this is, how, this is how sick, this is so sick, right? I woke up thinking, thank God they didn't arrest me. Right. Thank God this is the... I just woke up in the hospital with some crack cribs. Like, fucking cool. Right. Like, okay, I'll right. take that. Right? Um, so, th- that was one of those moments. Yep. And then another moment was with, you know, with custody court, with my children. Um, you uh. know, I'm, I'm, I'm in court with an abusive, abusive person. Right. That has had their foot on my face, literally. Yeah, right. Um, and I'm thinking to myself... Number one, court court favors women, right? Like right. that's that's a thing. And number two, like I'm a good mom. And number three, this man has made my life a living hell. Um, he stalks me. He, you know, whatever. Um, and you know, I remember going to the courthouse to try to get a restraining order, and it was denied. And he was outside the courthouse waiting for me. And I was like, well, <sighs> how does it right? Oh. Shoot, shoot forward. Um, sorry, shoot forward to the future, and um, two white women have now sought restraining orders because shocker, right? He's the same man, right? And it's only now, it's only now that the court will recognize my new court paperwork says the court recognizes abuse from father to mother, and it's only now, eight years later, after two white women, yep said well this and guess what both of those white women came to me yeah <laughs> like what do we do well <laughs> i don't know man didn't work out for me yeah um but this is i guess this is the road you go down um but you know what i mean like it and then it but all of that all of that stuff i i internalized that yeah of I, course i destroyed myself for years thinking well I must not be a good person. Right. I must be a bad mother. I must, you know, I must, how does a court take a child from a mother and give it to an abusive man? Right. I must be a piece of shit. Right, right, right. And, you know, the whole time, you know, I've got my white attorney telling me, don't even bring up abuse. And then my white attorney saying, keep your child from him. If he's abusive, keep her. And that's eventually what ended up, they called it uh, parental alienation. Yeah. Yes, and as I've gone through life and picked up experiences, I've talked to many black women who have gone through this exact same scenario. That's my whole point. When the percentage of black women who are two, you got 2.4% black people and you got, you know, less of that of black women and you ask them, what's the percentage of how you've been treated? And it becomes 60%, it becomes 70%, something's not right. It's like, and then you ask them, how much money did you spend? To be have that lawyer. How much money I've, and time did you spend in the court? Near, I, I, on one child, I've spent almost forty grand. That's what I'm saying, right? That's what I'm saying. And yeah. that, and when, so when you're talking and about I, capitalism, not only that, but I paid forty grand to lose. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, right. I got I got my child back on my without an attorney. Right. 
So that, you know, so when you think about it that way and you really think about people like really internalize it, people are out here, women are out here dying over this. Women are out here like really killing themselves over, you know, this racism and this like, this wildness. It's happening. Okay, so capitalism, people have got to understand that phrase. We're talking about money. We're talking about power, right? So... In that idea, we were when we are asking for recognition, not really much more recognition of the inequity of the treatment of black folks in this, these systems. The first thing that comes up is the privilege of like I don't have anything that you don't have. I'm not giving something up. You know what? Why would I give something up? Um, and for someone else to have uh, else to act, to gain access to it. Or to, or what do I have that they don't have? These kind of ideas. When you're trying to like, not, when you're trying to talk about the, the intricacies of racism tied into the intricacies, what, I can't even talk now all of a sudden, um, into the complexities of, of people, the dollar that continues to make this individualistic society run. It's almost like, it, it's it's designed so brilliantly that like it's kind of as if you take out the racism like you were saying earlier from this operating system it's literally like taking out the heart it can't function yeah. if you remove the racism capitalism as we see it and as we know it and the how most how some of us are benefiting from it cannot exist and this is why it's complicated when we're acting when we're asking about equity not because of the human rights issue because this is not about human rights when we're talking about commercialism when we're talking about capitalism we're not talking about human rights that's the problem that people want to put it together when we talk about racism and capitalism the the issue is that we in that in my way that i look at this the assumption is that the people the people that we're talking about that's being used as commodity are being considered human that's not true it's commodity so racism goes amongst, it's kind of a human condition, right? It's kind of a made up, so, so, but we're talking about, can we get to the point where we are actually seen in, in our struggle that you and I just described in our personal lives that was actual a human rights issue? Oh no, I think we lost her. Hold on, we gotta get her back. Let me get her back. Hold on, we're adding her back, y'all. She's coming back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, where'd you go? I was, hearing you, I was hearing you, and then I was hearing you, like, on a loop, and you were, like, doubled, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so we're back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. We're back in it. So, basically, <laughs> like, I mean, you can't undo it. You can't take it out, because oh. it's just... It's just so intricately a, a part of it. And so when we're trying to, to ask and talk about, you know, defunding the police, or we're asking about equity yeah. and, and pay, we're talking about equity and resources and, and, uh, and access, um, we're asking, we're looking at down the, the dragon's mouth and being like, how much money are you making off our back and how much money can we get back? Right? And, and they're like, oh, yeah. hell no. That's the one thing we're not going to do right. is, is give up the money. Yeah. You know, and and this is how you got here in the first place was based on the money, <laughs> or you know, and so we so there was no plan in uh, ever splitting the money with you. Like you, you are the money. Like you, you bringing me my money, right? <laughs> so, gross domestic product. Yes, 
Yes. And that's the part where I'm like, I'm like I said, I look at the behavior and even in the policy, it's right there. It's like yeah. where you're not going to. First of all, I need you to recognize me and this whole community as one whole ass person and one yeah. whole ass community that functions, you know, in sovereignty, like there, there's nothing that we need mentally. There's nothing that we need societally. Well, we need you to get the hell out the way and let us right. access the, right. the capitalism that you're benefiting from off of our yeah. shit. That's the problem, yeah. right? And so yeah. anyway, I, I think it's interesting where people are like, well, you know, capitalism is, is so important. Like the guy who tried to flex, it's so important. You can't take it out. You can't, capitalism is necessary. I, it'd be interesting to hear how in no it, it's not interesting to hear it because i don't want to hear it it's not interesting because it's not true you know what I'm <laughs> so, so i'm gonna just leave it like that people oh you have to hear sides that aren't the same as yours yes i know i understand that i understand that yeah. but i also don't need to be here for the bullshit and that's all i'm saying yeah you know but that you know uh, we talked about this yesterday too like i've you know i listened to these uh these folks i listened to back you're good at it i know i've heard <laughs> I try to really read between the lines, bro. And in, and here's the thing: is like, it's the same struggle. Yeah. That's what's wild. That's what's so, like, it's just so wild to me because, you know, you're listening and you're like, okay, so what's the beef? Like, yeah. Let me just let me just try to cut straight to the heart of the root of this shit. <laughs> what is the beef? Right. Right. And you hear, how am I gonna how am I gonna pay my bills? How am I going to get what I need? Right. Why can't I prosper? If you prosper, I can't prosper. Right. right? Like, if you... So there's not enough for both really, of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's more than enough. More than the enough. The idea that there, there's not... They print more daily. Yeah. <laughs> there's more than enough. Yeah. Um, they're just like, we're... You know, sometimes I like to think of it as like, you know, like gladiators, right? Like, we're just... Somebody is on a hill on high, like just enjoying the fuck out of the fact that we are willing to whoop each other's ass in the street right. over minuscule, uh, basic needs. Yeah. In a fight for it. Yeah. Um, when really, like, I don't know why you're coming to my neighborhood or I'm going to your neighborhood. We should be going to them. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just so it's so wild to me to like listen to the rhetoric and the and the you know the ridiculousness of it. I watched this um this um documentary the other day and they were talking about how the media has demonized the hillbilly, right? Like they were specifically talking about <laughs> what hold on though. Hold on though. They're not wrong. They're not wrong. They're basically talking about folks in like the in like the Appalachia region, and they're like they talk about how media brought in like the movies like Deliverance, how you know we we see country folk as like these like yuck type people. Oh yeah, and it's built this disdain, this disdain for poor white working Americans. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking in my head like, well, didn't we do this with black people? With are we doing it? Yes. Like, yes. Didn't we? Yeah, like, are we? Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So let me get this straight. You need what I need. I need what you need. You ain't got it either. And for some, and don't, not, not to say that they still don't have with, with the, you know, with whiteness and white privilege, they still have a leg up. 
But at the same token, like, I'm listening to this and I'm going, how ridiculous. And the problem is, is that people that actually, you know, think, think they want to change this policy. So folks on the left, they talk down to these people instead of inspiring them and getting them on our side. So you you watched it in the, in the Trump uh, uh, Hillary election where, you know, Hillary's calling them deplorable, talking about coal as like this terrible mm-hmm. entity when really coal still to this day runs quite a bit of electric, <laughs> like right. run shit still. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about, again, a group of people that have had their land depleted, they've worked same much like black folks did with the company store, mm-hmm. the company owns everything in the town. Um, uh-uh. And so you're seeing it, but now you're seeing it with, with poor white people. You know, so it's like it's wild. I, I think I yes, I agree with the idea that the the, the intersectionality of this yeah. is is really really high. And when you talk about financial financial depravity, uh, economic depravity, like poor folks have a lot more in common than not. It doesn't matter who you are, right? Yeah. When you're poor, right. you're poor. And the intersectionality, right? The intersectionality of that is really really high. Um, and yep. then the one thing that they are trying to hold on to so deeply is that, like you like you said earlier in this conversation, is that at least I'm not black. And then all of a sudden we've got this, this stratification that's going on that's absolutely coming from a place that neither one of us, meaning the poor folks and the black folks, yep. benefit from, right? <laughs> and yet and yet it's like giving giving a donut on a string where the crumbs fall off and the and the poor folks are going, Yeah, I got a crumb, but the donut's still being pulled and they're still chasing it, right? They still didn't get the whole of what the situation was, you know? they because they got a piece of it, they're like, Yeah, I'm winning and not even recognizing that the whole damn thing is still running down the street. You see what I'm saying? So it's like the the I the thing is is that like that that my dad always tells me all the time, he always is like, what, when someone, when you're doing something, when you're behaving a certain way, when you show up a certain way, when you say certain things, when you dress certain ways, you are, you are teaching curriculum. Like, what's the curriculum, right? right? So when the idea is that, like, you have the, the, all these folks who are white and poor, miseducated or undereducated, uh, act, have lack of access, have lack of resources, and all of these different things, it's like, okay, boom, that sounds very freaking familiar, right? <laughs> that sounds like something we all know about, right? So then you put the yeah. black folks on top of it, and now you've got, okay, um, not only, this, the, like, like we both know, not only is the situation similar, because it's not the same, yeah. it's the access, it's the ability to, to gain access, right? Now, the reason that we're, the ability to gain access, like we just said, I, I just did that study, like I said, with the perinatal mothers. The, the, the rate of death did not change when they were higher educated or affluent. Do you understand? Just like I just said yeah. about the courthouse. You yeah. know what I mean? I paid a high price. I mean, the lawyer was high priced. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The play, I was there. I did everything I was supposed to do. I was on point. We had right. seven different uh, uh, um, people speaking on my behalf to my injuries. They had two, right? And and yet and yet the outcome. Matter of fact, the cop who beat me up, the two cops that beat me up, have a rap sheet of, of people beating up people who were white, yeah. who have been paid off, who got a settlement. Nobody that they have beaten that were black has gotten a settlement. Interesting, interesting things that you know that you can't bring up in court, right? So all of these things 
Um, that's the difference is is that the institution well, itself. In court, but it won't make a difference. What'd you say? Well, things that you can bring up in court, but it won't be heard. Right. Know? Well, I mean, a lot of it couldn't be brought up in court because the white judge had decided that right. it was more, you know, it was, um, not, it was not important. It was yeah. a, it was more of an opinionated type of. It, it would skew people in a in a one direction when in we're a, really in focusing a on. Way. Yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> and the the fact that she might win. <laughs> So, so, but what I'm saying is that, you know, it, it, the intersectionality is real. That doesn't take away from the reality of, of the, the, once we are all on that same, uh, on that same place of access, like once we're all in that same idea of like, okay, this is what we all need. Now, who can receive yeah. it? Who can actually break the actual system down enough to get it in the way that we need it? That's not yeah. black folks. That's not by indigenous folks. Matter of fact, like we, you even said it earlier, it was like we gotta ask for some some special shit. Like it's a special order item when we're asking for you know water to the tribe and shit, right? Like it's like you know you go to the back of the line with that, right? And so for me, when we talk about all this, it's it's it like unless we say it, unless it's being said, unless it's said out loud. That we are not recognizing this, this, the, the depravity of Black folks' access to anything yeah. in this country is a human rights issue. We are still yes. working on the facts of capitalism, and that Black folks are the commodity. That's what we're yes. doing. And if we can't take it out of that narrative, what are we actually talking about? Yes. I mean. I mean, and I think that's the thing is I think people don't want to. It's really hard for white folks to come to this conclusion, but truthfully, we're talking about centuries. So for, for that gentleman who commented on your thing yesterday, let me break it down for you right quick, right quick life. <laughs> we're talking about centuries of wage theft. We're talking about trading in human bondage. We're talking about insurance claims on lost cargo. We were lost cargo. We were cargo. Right. We're talking about zero reparations we're talking about even when we were promised again a 40 acres and a mule we received nothing i don't have we're one. talking about concentrated wealth uh we're talking about legal systems that benefit financially off of the deprivation of the black community right so we're ta- when we when we when we say these things that is what we mean. Yes, <laughs> capitalism. And I heard somebody say, "Well, capitalism is the you know the best thing that ever happened." You've lost your fucking mind. Right. No, <laughs> no, it is no. not because it creates an uneven playing field. It has created an uneven education. It has created uneven uh, you know generational wealth, um, and it it truthfully has shaped. Uh, you know, our socioeconomic and, and legal systems to benefit white people. Period. And white people only. So when when we say that, cap- and, and honestly, dude, if you're watching, hopefully you are, if you're watching, read the new Jim Crow. Okay. Read right. Read it. Read it. Um, understand it. Educate yourself. Because when people say this stuff, uh-oh. I realize that in their, you know, in their mind, they're thinking they know something or they can speak on something because they, they're an economist or they're a whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> They've the got them white man uh, letters. <laughs> right, you got them, you, okay, okay, white man, I feel you. You might be educated, but you need to educate yourself fully. 
Right. And fully is recognizing that the history that you learned is not the history that we know. And the history that you learned is not the history that shaped America and that shapes the America that black people walk in today. That's right. So that's like, you know, the clearest the, the clearest way I can even explain it is it's just like you have to understand this was never meant to be equitable. Period. It's, it's ever, 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 ever. That ever system was built and it has never right. been taken down. That's my now whole point. Do the back, now we have to do the back work. That's right. Right? Now we have to go, okay, where where did I make this inequitable? And and, and truthfully, a lot of that, and that's why people are so, and, and I don't know why white folks are so afraid of socialism. I really don't. I don't know why white folks are afraid of getting their needs met. I'm not sure what the, uh, you know, the, what the holdup is. They don't want but their needs met. They want you know, all I mean, of. They want all of it. They want it all. They want it all. They want it all. But, but that's the thing. What, who, what was that thing somebody said where it's like everybody's just a like they think that everybody's a millionaire that lie in wait. Listen, <laughs> you're you're not. You're, you're not, you know, here's the thing. Everyone's talking about, and this, I love this argument, where they're like, well, Trump's tax policy, Trump's tax policy didn't affect you, boo. <laughs> you you want to talk about you? <laughs> you, you ain't in your bracket, hey? Right, right. Um, these jobs that, you know, supposedly came back, you got to work three of them <laughs> to make your rent. Right. So what, what good did that do? That right, so when like girl, break it down ooh. in a real way, the, like, like let's let's keep it a buck, right? That, he wasn't talking about you, <laughs> and and hello, don't talk about like girl. What you just said about the job, do not talk to me about how many jobs this man has has um produced for this economy when you can't live off two of them together. Percent. You need three. Like, are you kidding me? And you still don't have insurance. And you oh okay. <laughs> Cut it out. Girl, Cut it out. Just, look at you still have insurance. And okay. You need to cut your food stamps. Stop, mm. it. Stop it right now. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's the why. And, that, and, and here's the thing. I have a perfect example of this, guys. And um, and and there's no shame. I've definitely had food benefits. I've definitely. Yeah, me too. I've worked the whole thing. I'm just not in that space today. Thank, thank the Lord. But you know, uh, somebody was it in Winco. And this white lady, I'm not even playing with you. I was behind her. She starts clutching her her purse and her little, you know, figurative pearls at the fact that there's a black person, a black lady behind her. And um, and I look at her and I do the same. Uh, uh, <laughs> right? Yes. Just to, just to kind of show her how stupid it looks. But then, you know, she's, she's um, and then she pulls out a food stamp card. Yeah. That's whiteness. Yeah. Yep. That's that's that's, that's that that's that illusion of superiority, that delusion of superiority. Yes. yes. That's yes. whiteness in yeah. a nutshell. That's whiteness. Because it's like first of all, in no no offense, because like I said, I've been I've been down that road and I'm not talking shit. Economics shit is no joke. Right. But I'm not I, I don't I don't qualify. Right. So I don't have you know, I'm pulling out cash. Right. And I and you are afraid that I'm going to take from you. Right. Yeah. And you you are clutching your pearls and your purse and God knows what else. And honey, I don't want nothing from you. Nope. Matter of fact, and I want to pay double taxes so that you can have your food stamps. <laughs> I'm not even worried about my 1% of taxes they take in for your food stamps. I didn't even talk about it. 
I was gonna pay it anyway. <laughs> I would pay double to make sure you had you had your food stamps. Sure would. Hundred. Yep. hundred percent. Right. And, and so that's like the wild, like that's this like wild concept where you know I I have these conversations. Well, you know Trump lower taxes for whom? Right. Right. Whom? Yeah. <laughs> you make over five hundred thousand. You make over five hundred thousand. You're like, woo, girl. Okay, lunch on you. <laughs> Right? I don't know nobody that makes over five hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. I'm a millionaire, I didn't know. I yeah. didn't know. I I don't know anybody. You don't know no you look at them like you don't know nobody that makes that much money, okay? Trust me. He ain't talking to y'all. I know very few to be really honest and maybe this is gonna sound a little smug, but to be really honest, the only person I know is black. Right? Okay. True story. <laughs> That's true. Actually, you know what? If I start thinking about that, if I, the folks I went to high school with, and tech, yeah, you're right. You know, we definitely have some engineers, got some scientists, you know, astro engineers. Yeah, like there, there might be some folks that might be up there. It's my cousin. It's my cousin. And he works in Washington, D.C. He makes a boatload of money, and he's the only person I personally know makes that kind of gas. Yes, yes, and that's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I just don't, you know, and that's the thing is like, it's so wild to me. Like, you are going against your own self interest when, when if you could just put whiteness down, we could stand together and get it all. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we, I feel like we should end it on yeah. that. If you would rather. Oh, go ahead. That's, and, and that's true. No, but that's true. You would rather, you would rather suffer. And have whiteness. Oh, as long as and, they aren't black. And put it down. As long as they ain't black, they okay. Like, black would be the worst thing. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if her baby... That's what happens when the baby comes home and, you know, the daughter comes home with their black man or the black the black man comes home with the black woman and they were talking about having... Right. That, are you kidding? It's like, you cannot be black. And be okay. It doesn't matter who you are. Like I said, I don't know who I was talking to. But I was like talking about Jay-Z for some reason. And I was like, you think because he's a billionaire that all of a sudden blackness doesn't account for him? He'll tell you himself that he's been pulled over in recent years. <laughs> you know, and tried to, tried to be taken down uh, in recent years. And so it's, it's like it doesn't, this country has a real problem with blackness this country has a real problem with it and if we aren't paying them to exist here then they can't understand why we're here if we're not we're not if they're not benefiting from our our intellectual property our physical property our you know our Our culture our cult all day our culture right our flavor our flavor girl look look I, i one of the things, and I think it's probably a part of my, my healing, you know, but one of the things that I, I don't, I won't talk to anybody. I will yeah. teach anybody. I will uh, lecture. I will come into the yeah. space and I will teach as, as the best of my ability to anyone. I've had straight up, I have to have a podcast on here where I'm on the plane coming back from visiting my sister in Hawaii. And I wanted to play with a Trump supporter for five hours, sitting right next to him. We talked almost the whole time. It was awful. But, 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 but it was fun. 
funny. There was like, there was funny pieces there. It was alright. I mean, he was like whatever, you know. I mean, I grew up and I grew up till I was fifteen in Eugene, so I I know what it's like to talk to white folks yeah. who think they know something, right? You know what I mean? Like, I I yeah. do that, but at the same time, like I I enjoy talking to people. What I don't enjoy do seeing, and I think that I'm still working really hard on it, is that. Um, that that blur of the line and i know girl we could go on and on uh we gotta do another podcast we gotta come back because we could literally when i talk about the the blurring of the lines of the of um being able to allow black folks to thrive and not be a part of of that piece not take from the culture and just appreciate from a damn distance every single thing that black people do or are is a commodity. Our That's lips, my whole point. Thank you. Our booties, Thank you. Our music, right. our art, our dance, right. our culture, right. our Hair. intelligence. All of it. Um, every single thing we fucking do yeah. is an American commodity that's right everything that's right and that's yeah. and that is and we're gonna end it right here that is why racism and capitalism cannot be separated that's why right yeah. man i've enjoyed yeah. talking to you so much julianne i'm just gonna tell you right now you have got to come back please please yeah. come back yeah. to black girl from eugene we have these discussions i i mean i literally could think of so many things we could talk about for days yeah. and days right <laughs> So before we go, I want people to holler at, tell, tell people where they can find you, what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, we're doing lots of stuff. Uh, we have um, definitely some, some Salem actions coming up um, as we try to get, you know, if we're going to have police, they need to do their job right. Right. So as we try to, uh, you know, coax the police into arresting white supremacists, um, doing a lot of that, <laughs> we're doing a lot of actions around that. We, I know, I know that sounds stupid. It sounds ridiculous. Um, and, and, and it is, and it is, but we're going to keep on doing it. Do it, it. Um, keep on. And uh, we also have the activist advent, so some uh, some local Salem activists have put together almost a Christmas advent calendar, so we have, you know, regular actions in the community. Nice. Um, so we're, we're on that, and that's on our page as well. Um, this weekend, actually, or this Monday, we have a safety and security live on uh, our Facebook. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking to a woman of color who owns a security company in Salem um, who does event security um, nice. to talk about how to keep yourself safe. Uh, what do you do in the event that you get bear maced? What do you do in the event that you're alone? Like, who do you call? Where do you go? Yes. Um, and so we'll be talking about that. Um, and we have like just tons of stuff coming up. Um, we also have Red Bubble. So if you want to buy Black Joy gear, um, that's available for you. Um, and we do get the money, and that money. So all of our 52 cities that we visited were all fundraised. Okay. Um, we or out of our own pockets. So you know we definitely um, we use those funds to continue the work that we do in the community. Um, and uh, we also have uh, all kinds. I mean, there's all there's pillows, there's cups, there's notebooks, whatever. Um, so anything you can think of that's on there. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you for having me on. This has been such a dope conversation and usually I don't get to talk with this much um fervor I usually have to kind of rein it in a little bit um and make it palatable which is disgusting we don't do that here I appreciate the space and um I definitely appreciate um the content oh I appreciate you so much I'm thank you for all that and I as you were talking I was like dang I totally slipped there is a um 
a, a hotline for therapy for yes. BIPOC people in Portland. Yes. And I have yes. the telephone number, and I didn't write it down. It's on my phone, which I'm using. Yes. So I will put that in the show notes for BIPOC folks yes. to get get all over yes. that, yes. right? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, that was amazing. And I, I, you're doing so much for the community, and I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're in Oregon. I'm happy that we crossed paths. And I yeah. and someone said a series like I used to do a Julianne series like okay you are always welcome back I will be reaching out reach out to me if you okay. have something to say and you like I I need yeah. a space do that if I don't reach I am going to reach out because like I said I honestly don't think I even need to say that I'd be like Julianne let's talk about this you be like let's go yeah. like you know what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> so I am yeah, let's uh, talk about it. yes I'm excited to have you back I'm excited that you're here and thank you so much so I'm giving you I'm giving you Black Joy Oregon and everybody watching so much love thank you so much and um, hopefully I'll, I'll talk to you before too long and uh, we will get this oh, new sure. year popping yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and yeah. it'll be right underneath there and on the Patreon. I'm, I'm not the Patreon. I'm sorry. On the podcast as well. I'll have that uh, there too. All right. Awesome. Julianne, right. enjoy. Bye. Stay okay. safe.